we continue our reading and discussion, I should say, of the <coughs> verses of Brahma. At the conclusion of the Brahma Vimohan Lila, he's coming out of his Vimohan, his bewilderment, he's making sense of it all, <coughs> and sharing that with us. We come to verse 6 tonight, and I think we'll discuss verse 7 too, both of these uh, briefly, I think. And um, because, uh, hopefully as we'll see some of the points that are raised here, although they weren't directly raised in previous verses in the context of the discussion of them, some of them were raised and emphasized. But we'll see where it goes. Um, in which case, at any rate, if um, the discourse on the verses is short for the reasons I'm, reason I mentioned, then we'll open the class for discussion, further discussion, class uh, questions, uh, uh, and so on, related to the material or um, unrelated. <clears throat> so, text uh, 6, Tatapi Bhuman Mahimagunasyate Vibhodam Arhati Amalantir Atmabhi Avikriyat Svanu Bhavad Aruprato Hi Ananyo Bhodhyat so, thus far, and it will be clear from these two verses, that uh, thus far Brahma has been speaking about that form of Krishna that he's experiencing, about how how he's ajita, unconquerable, unknowable, um, and um, even by sophisticated um, methods, we could argue that uh, Varnashram is a certainly a very sophisticated and complex uh, social-religious system. It can't afford one the direct experience of this form, he says, and uh, and which is, again, governed by Rajaguna. And Gyan, which is uh, governed by Satvaguna, as explained in the Gita, also, um, which is a departure from a kind of a graduation, as it's thought, from the Varnashram, so an even more elevated path, a more um, refined approach to knowing. Varnashram is about, basically about knowing how to get things without getting too much reaction <laughs> by being a pious person and so forth. And Gyan is, again, not about things or the thoughts about things, but it's using that that in-between mind, if you will, uh, subtle body that it could be used for material purposes or spiritual purposes. purposes. The Gita says, Udared atman atmanam atmanam avasadayat atmaiva atmano bandur atmaiva ripur atmana The mind is the friend, the enemy of the jiva or his friend as well. So it's his friend in yoga. Hmm? Um, and uh, the beginning of yoga, in one sense, is some knowledge of the self, right? As I said last night, Krishna wants to speak about yoga and ultimately the means to attain him, and he begins his uh, discourse by talking about the atma. If you want to know me, let me introduce you to yourself first. <laughs> what are you? You're not what you thought you were. Hmm? You're putting up arguments on the basis of what you think you are, 
within the context of Varnashram and material improvement and so forth, the betterment of the world, what will happen to the world if we follow you in in light of your your wish to do battle here as was the case. Hmm? Which wasn't his wish, but in one sense, but was uh, unfortunately the uh, um, persistent will of the uh, of Duryodhan, which Bhagawan doesn't necessarily get in the way of. So the jivas have their will; um, they sow seeds, and Bhagawan is like the rain. Hmm. So the seeds may you're free to sow the seeds. You're not free entirely to get the results. If it doesn't rain, you won't get them. If it does, then you'll you'll get the results. So there's an there's a there's a determinism and a um, what's the other term? Um, the opposite of that, uh, free will. But there's a philosophical term for it. Um, anyway, there's free will with the lack of the term, and then there's a determinism that they're kind of. Uh, uh, combined together in our philosophy, both free will of the jiva is limited; um, it's dependent for its f- fruition, fulfillment, on on the uh, divinitrina, the godly factor. So, um, at any rate, the varnashram is a, is a sophisticated system, but it's for uh, material improvement. And Krishna begins his discourse on how to how to uh, solve the problems of life, which culminate in knowing him, hmm? by saying to Arjuna, you're not what you think you are, and you don't need to improve yourself. Again, you don't need to become, just be. Hmm? Things that you want to become, safe, you are, sat, hmm? chit, you want to know, hmm? you are, a unit of knowing capacity. You want happiness? You are a unit of happiness. Ananda, tiny, Satchitananda, Ananda. So he begins his discourse, as we know, in this way. And uh, and then he begins to talk about the way to realize that self, which is part of realizing the Absolute. And he, and he begins to speak about it um, a little bit with Bhakti, but within it, with an emphasis on the practical side of what Arjun needs to hear at the time, or the what he considers the eligibility of Arjun at the time, who is playing a certain role uh, for us, to show us that for different uh, degrees or measures of eligibility for spirituality, there are corresponding paths. So Arjun, of course, is a great devotee, but it all comes out, but he treats him as if, well, you're just coming out of the Varnashram, and you look at it like this, and so forth. Um, uh, so, uh, anyway, the path of Nishkam Karma, which he says is not different from Gyan, hmm, because it brings uh, 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 ingress of, of wisdom, and uh, it's the use of the mind in a friendly way by stilling it and withdrawing it, pratyahar, from material objects and thoughts about them, and so on and so forth. Um, um, of course, then to think about the self is very difficult because it's not a thing hmm, to think about, and it escapes conceptualization. It won't fit within the chitta, the self, hmm, which is the, the subtle, a, a word for the entirety of the subtle body, 
in, in a broad sense, although it has four components, one of which is thought to be chitta in a broad sense, it's also used to describe the whole of the, the subtle body. And so it won't fit in there, the self won't fit in there. Hmm. Hmm. It means it, it, it also, because it is transcendental, it can't also be fully apprehended by um, by by sattva, by jnana. Hmm. Um, or maybe it maybe it can, but it can't get out of the um, its uh, its predicament. Um, and, and that's what the first verse here tonight is addressing. So what I'm saying is that um, he was talking about Krishna's form and saying that there it can only be known uh, when you show it by your mercy, and uh, your mercy comes through devotees, and if we hear a chant from them in their company and so forth without gyan, regardless of our social position, it can be attained. Promise gyan is insignificant, it's not a way of knowing. Much more sophisticated and refined way of knowing what's what or what there is to be known than than Varna Ashram, but, but hardly suitable for knowing what's, the, the, being acquainted with what Brahma's acquainted with, the beautiful form of Krishna. And then yoga, Hmm. Very, very. We talked about last night. Very sophisticated process. Um, very. I mean, it's very uh, precise, kind of a detailed process for separating the purusha from prakriti. Hmm. Very technical. Requires some expert, some technical expertise, and so forth. That, that of course, bhakti doesn't. Hmm. Being very different in nature. And just what bhakti is and consists of, so that's, he's going to come to that. But finishing this section here in these two verses, now in the verse tonight, he speaks about, okay, I've said thus far it is impossible to understand your form by these other um, methods, as extraordinary as they may be, as sophisticated as they may be, as as much as they are mentioned in the sacred texts and so forth, and there's advocacy of them from by saintly persons and so forth. But having said that, he says here, it is possible, okay, it is possible to know another form of yours, hmm? not this form, but another form of yours that's not a form, a formless form, the indeterminate manifestation of yourself with gyan and a little bit of bhakti. Hmm? So again, we talked about that to some extent. You mix gyan with bhakti, you can get Brahma Sayuja and so forth. So this is more or less what he's um, pointing out in, in this verse. And it's an important, this verse and the next verse kind of concludes this section in that it makes clear what he's saying here. That, it, well, it is possible to experience your formless form hmm, with jnana mixed with bhakti and therefore it should be clear that the form that I have been speaking about thus far, thus far hmm, is your personal form and not any other form. Some Advaitins might interpret the second verse that where Brahma explains the form of Krishna to be in, in a way that they do, <laughs> to explain it away and, and say he's really talking about the formless within himself and so on and so forth. So he makes clear through this verse to the next verse that what I've been talking about is exactly that 
cloud-colored, lightning-clad, peacock-crowned, um, beautiful, uh, uh, decorated face with earrings made of gunja berries and um, carrying a stick, holding food, uh, for, uh, simple food, which is yogurt, rice, and fruit, in, in your left hand with with it with a stick also a flute stick and an antelope's horn buffalo horn hmm. uh, soft feet he said so tender feet this at that point as I mentioned the other day there, he doesn't weigh enough at the end of his kumar age to make imprints on the earth that comes in his pogonda age so his feet are described as very soft hmm. they're not making an impression on the forest ground yet. Uh, and that form is all the anga coming from the means coming from the body of Pashupa, Pashupanga, uh, Pashupanga Jayo, Ja, born as an extension anga of the Pashupa, means Nandamarsh who protects the Pashu, which in this case is cows, animals, cow protector. Hmm? That's who you are. Hmm? It's like as simple yet as esoteric as you could possibly get. Hmm? Prabhupada, for example, used to say uh, that if you would ask him, what is the significance of, let's say, the reins and the five horses on the chariot in the Bhagavad Gita? I mean, there's deeper significance. Then Prabhupada would say something like, it takes at least five horses to pull a chariot. (laughs) Something like that. Um giving a, this apparent, like, literal and simplistic explanation, um, which if we look carefully, we see it's the most difficult to understand that Krishna actually is a coward boy. He has these leelas and so forth. There's, we don't need a fancy explanation to, to do away with what seems impossible. This is very much the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who, whose teaching has coined uh, by the phrase of Jiva Goswami, Achintya Beda Beda, implies the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu felt that the scriptures did not try to uh, interpret, so to speak, the environment. Hmm? You have these other schools of Vedanta. It's one. It's 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 different. Hmm? It's one sometimes. It's different sometimes. It's a qualified oneness, hmm? and so forth. This Vishishta Dvaita, Dvaita Dvaita. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's different. These make sense. Hmm? They can, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's different. If you, you have to study the philosophy, that's Nimbarka, uh, philosophy. And so Madhva, it's all, it's all different, and so forth. So these are different ways of not saying what is achintya. Is one and different at the same time, interpenetrating. Hmm? Uh, it comes out in this Leela also in Jiva Goswami's explanation in Bhagavad Sandarbha where he wants to explain that that boy, Krishna, the coward boy, the simple, just appearing in medium size, hmm? means not infinite, not infinitesimal, hmm? but medium size, like, it means like in our world so to speak, yet that same form appearing medium size, already medium size is seven spans of the hand, right? One for that they call it. It'll come up in, in these verses ahead. 
and his is, I think, um, ten or something like that. It's differently shaped body. He has auspicious bodily characteristics, one of the prominent qualities for um, Sakiras also. Hmm. But uh, that's uh, to come. Um, but the point is that that form, that beautiful form of Krishna, medium size, is all-pervasive. It's not that Brahman is all-pervasive and Krishna is local. Krishna's local and all-pervasive. And not just through his Brahman feature is he all-pervasive, but his form is all-pervasive. So as I sometimes say, the world is a person. It's just not us. And I've used the uh, scientist, I always forget his name, Love, Love, Locke, Lovejoy maybe, who came up with the Gaia thesis, uh, an environmental perspective, quasi-spiritual, uh, that the earth is, an, is a collective organism, which makes us like, oh, we're just a cell in the organism of this working body called the earth, the beautiful green, is it blue, blue planet? They call it a green Blue-green planet, blue-green planet. Hmm. Uh, so it shifts our our focus from everything being an object of our perception, ourselves being the subject, to ourselves being an object, hmm, to the the person of the earth, something like that. This is a good example. Um, we're just, but the Bhagavatam he, uh, says the same thing by way of saying the world, Krishna is the world. I mean, he says it in the Gita, Jagat Avyakta Murtina. The world is within me. Hmm? And, of course, it's a panentheistic perspective. The world is in me, and I'm not in the world. I'm in the world, and I'm not in the world. And the world is in me. What does he say in the ninth chapter of the Gita? Pashyami Yoga Maishvaram. See my Yoga Maishvaram, my Achinta Shakti, by which everything is in me, but I'm not in everything. He gives the Achinta Beta Beta equation there. So it's a super uh, esoteric idea. Uh, I mean, if you, I mean, the Gyan idea is very simplistic. You, one thing, uh, you arrive at a certain perspective by acquisition. You have you have an opposite one by renunciation. The latter one is spiritual. The other one is overtly material. It's like a real simple. Vaishnavism becomes a little more complicated, but in many of the complicated Vaishnav theological uh, perspectives, Mahaprabhu felt that they were not taking the environment, to use the term of Prabhupada, as it is. Hmm? Trying to make Trying to trying to um, impose, uh, to some extent, however subtle, one's intellect on it, rather than just to take it as it is, as a means to really propel one beyond the intellect. Not that the other Vaishnava schools don't care to be propelled beyond the intellect, but his achintya beta beta, something like that, that for he would use, and the, that example is used in the Bhagavad Sandarbha of Mother Yashoda. Along with this example, uh, what Brahma saw, and Brahma will talk about it, I said, as I've mentioned, Jiva Swami cites about 11, 12 verses that are coming up from this chapter in his Bhagavatam Dharma as supplementary or secondary or 
more evidence than as well to, to go along with the evidence from the Damodar Leela in which Krishna is bound by the rope that uh, or can't be bound by the rope no matter how many inches you add to it and he's not getting any fatter. Every time the rope is increased in size, he stays the same medium size, and still the rope can't go around. So he explains it. Mahaprabhu just takes it as it is. He's everywhere, and he's means in a sense he's he's transcendent and he's imminent at the same time. The two are interpenetrating. He's fully transcendent while he's fully imminent. And how more imminent could you be hmm, than being right in the hands of Yashoda? <laughs> He's in the world, it means he's really in the world. Hmm? He appears to be very deeply in samsara. Hmm? I didn't eat dirt. Hmm? Sounds like us. It wasn't me. <laughs> that Balaram, what kind of a friend is he? To have reported on, he's thinking under his breath. How could he turn me in like that? Hmm? Of course, he's pressured by the Vatsalya side of himself that Mother Yasoda taps into and regularly, you know, infuses with. You've got to watch out for him. You've got to look out for him. You've got to tell me if anything happens and so forth. So, hmm. The Vatsalya or the Dasya will, as I said, get in the way of, of the Sakya, although Sakya can be infused with, with them or, or augmented but tinged with them let's say they they then get in the way of the full equality of course Balaram is another thing Balaram is Balaram so he's, he's, he's Bhagwan he's, he is still the best friend of Krishna but he has both influences in his bhava as well the Priyasakas of course now as I said they have full Sakyarasa so they, 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 they have no. They're not a younger brother or older brother. They don't have some sense of dasya which causes some distance, or some sense of bhatsali on the other end that causes some distance to overlook, oversee. So they have full equality, and this, this equality is is the basis of sakya. Now the priyas priyanarma sakas, they're a little bit younger too. They're from between twelve and a half to fourteen and a half, and Krishna sixteen. Sridhama priyasaka sixteen. But they don't have the same issues. They're slightly younger age that the, that the sakas do because they're mature for their age and therefore they understand the romantic life of Krishna. Hmm. They're, they're, they're younger than Sridham but older than him hmm. in, 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 in terms of a sense of uh, being mature for a young age and able to participate in assisting Krishna in his, his romantic life. We're getting a little on the side, as sweet as it is there, but um, but the form of Krishna, you know, it seems like the, the simple, literal explanation, Prabhupada was very firm on that, or he didn't want it to be, inter- mostly because in one sense he didn't want it to be interpreted away, right? Um, so he, 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 he very much in many respects gave kind of a literal um, presentation for fear that we could, uh, not having not um, been fully grounded, let us say, in a chintu beta beta, it's better not to think too much. Now, if you're grounded in the chintu beta beta, then you can, then you can, look less literally at the leelas, 
without doing away with the literal fact that the Leela exists, hmm? without being that grounded in it, then Prabhupada indoctrinated us, to, indoctrinated us to be like every detail was, couldn't couldn't change any, any any detail that literal. But then we find the Goswamis write about it with, in different ways, telling the Leelas differently with different details and so forth. Hmm? But they don't do away with the Leela is the point, like the Advaitins will. Hmm? Interpret it away. And it's the it's the Brahman within you that is really that that, that we should surrender to, which is ourselves. Or this kind of thing. Prabhupada would be very Nirvishunivati Pasjachadesha Dharani. He couldn't uh, tolerate it. It was his his uh, cutting down the weeds of the the jungle, if you will, to, in order to uh, plant uh, seeds of of brain bhakti. Hmm. So, um, so it's not it's it's kind of literal in one sense, but it's super esoteric. If you study at the idea that Krishna's form is medium, and then it's that's why Jiva Goswami gets the trouble saying explain. It's everywhere at the same time. This is super esoteric and difficult to uh, to grasp. And it's an as-it-is, to use Prabhupada's term, explanation of the environment without imposing our intellect on it. This is the Bhagavatam's reading of the of the of the environment. We just take it as it is, and it, and it says one and different at the same, imminent and transcendent at the same time. We might say, well, that's impossible. It's Jinti Shakti. Hmm? It's not that it can't be explained. Hmm? That's not what we mean by achintya. Oh, some people sometimes say they can't understand the philosophical points, and they say, "Well, just achintya can't be understood." No, it can be understood, hmm? but how it actually happens, how something can be one and different at the same—that's inconceivable. We can talk about it. We can give analogies and examples. And, and so forth, but hmm. so and how does it happen? This is what's inconceivable. By is a chinta shakti, hmm. he can do anything. Hmm. So he 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 here he uh, kind of gives in a little bit with from, from some very strong statements that have been made about you can only understand this form by your mercy. Hmm. And uh, by following in the ways of your devotees, who, as we should point out, are the Kripa Shakti of Bhagawan. Hmm? What is it? Um, taking shelter of the devotees, regardless of your position, Tanuban Manobir here, enchanting, giving your life to. So, uh, and not by other ways, not by karma, not by jnana, not by yoga. Hmm? Okay, uh, but there is another form. Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti, Shabdite. So, it might be possible to know uh, Brahman, and to extend on that, it, it may be possible to know um, Paramatma form by other methods if there's a little bhakti involved. Hmm? And here in the first verse, what uh, Brahma is doing is giving a very kind of actually complex uh, explanation. Hmm? of how the Atma, hmm, how the Jnani, who, who uh, really, Tatapi Bhuman Mahimagunasya, 
In one sense, the word mahimagnasya means the quality of Krishna's magnanimity, who, 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 who understands this quality about him, which means understand he's merciful, thinks of him in that light, some idea of bhakti mixed into his jnana. He can let go of sattva, the jnana that is sattva, give that up. You see, that what the maya bodies do is when they mix bhakti with jnana, is they give up bhakti at the end. Hmm. Because they think it was a crutch, it was a tool. And if you give up bhakti, then this becomes a fence. And, you, and those are the types of jnanis who cannot attain Brahma Samuja. But those who instead give up jnana, which is sattvic. And that's what Gita says when it says, Brahma Bhuta Prasanatma Nasochati Nakakshati Samasaveshu Bhuteshu Bad Bhaktim Labhate Param. Some little bit of bhakti was in there all along in their practice. Hmm? They got the fruit of jnana, they left that up, and they were left with bhakti, and with the bhakti, paramgatim. Hmm? Uh, they attained him. What is the next verse? Brahmabhuta prasanatmana sochitina kakshit samasaveshu bhuteshu mad bhaktim labhate param. The next verse in Gita. Um, Anyway, and they they enter into me. They enter into Brahman. That can be explained in that way. Vishwanath Chakravitapur explains it in that way. Baladev gives a more devotional explanation. It says, you know, they're, they're bhakti. The bhakti is greater, so they get some form of Vaishnav mukti entering into a city, into entering in with a parrot, enters a green tree, it doesn't become a tree. Parrots are green. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But it also can be taken to mean that with bhakti, letting go of the jnana. Hmm? Jnana means knowledge. The Bhagavatam says, uh, what, faith in the atma is sattvic. Hmm? So by sattvic you can know hmm, theoretically the atma and then you have to stop the process of knowing which is, that's what's discussed here. Sridhar Swami is explained in his commentary. It's rather complex. How the, ch- how the chitta can, can, cannot, um, self, the self can't fit within it because it's transcendental to it. So it has to go beyond the chitta. And so it's complicated. But anyway, what he's saying here in, in the import is that with a little bhakti mixed into your gyan, it's possible to attain another form of Bhagavan, not the one standing in front of me. I'll give you that, he said. Hmm? And of course, Sanatana Goswami in Brihita Bhagavatamri makes the point, it's possible to know the self to become a, a Jivan Mukta, which is not Videya Mukti, not entering into Brahman, but at the penultimate state, stage of, of Jnana, without Bhakti. He says it's possible, but who cares? Because the whole idea is to get Mukti. So if you get just one step before it, you don't get it. You didn't get it. <laughs> so no big deal. We're not, we're not giving up much by saying, all right, if you want to push on that point without... We don't need bhakti. If you really want to be adamant, all right. If you realize the self, like a Socrates or something, you can. So what? Hmm? Uh, <laughs> and then he says, and this is the second verse, he says, uh, we're not... 
gunatmanaste pi gunan bitat bimatum hit babatirnasya ka ishire sya kalena yarva vimita su kalpaya bu pam shava ke megadu mikha yubhasha probably gives a nice translation it's kind of the conclusion of this section in time learned philosophers or scientists might be able to count the atoms of the earth the particles of snow in the sky or even the shining molecules radiating from the sun the stars and other luminaries but among these learned men who could possibly count the unlimited transcendental qualities possessed by you the supreme personality of god who have descended under the surface of the earth for the benefit of all living entities hmm? So after saying it's possible to understand this Brahman form, yeah, a little bit of bhakti, with emphasis on jnana, then he comes back here, and he and he says, but by counting, which is basically jnana, right, sankhya, jnana, by analysis, what's out there, what's in there, and so forth, and very you know acutely, so, and the example is given. And the example is given from uh, more gross, from gross to subtle. If you could count all the particles of sand on the beach, or, or all the particles of earth, hmm? all the whatever atoms of earth, hmm? and okay, that might be possible uh, for somebody. But if you think, I don't know how, but if you think so. Then he says, or further, the particles of snow, so it, in the sky, so it goes from earth to sky. Sky becomes more subtle. The prospect becomes more daunting. Hmm? And, 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 and then from there, from earth to sky, to light, particles of light, he says. Uh, so there's supposed to be... A, a gradation there, or maybe it's light to, to air. Anyway, uh, it's he's saying that if you could do that, you would be nowhere in terms of understanding him. If you could take the whole sky and roll it up as if it was your bedroll at night, if you had that much control, hmm? it is said that, and and Sankarshan did that. He counted it all. Counted everything. Hmm. That's a meditative uh, deity of of Shiva. Hmm. Counted it all. Still, you'd be nowhere in terms of understanding what I'm seeing here. That I can understand, Madanugrahasya, by your grace, by your mercy, by the mercy of your your um, devotees, is the only way. Hmm. So, a beautiful section of Brahma's prayers concluded. Any questions tonight? Uh, he didn't shot comment on this chapter. Uh, he commented, uh, he left in the 13th chapter. And I forget the verse that he departed on. In Kartik Mas, meditating on the Brahma Vimohan Leela, hmm, with a desire to 
get on a bullock cart and circumambulate, go over Dunhill. This was his very significant uh, time of uh, departure and what he was preoccupied with internally. And so he left in the Brahma Vimohan Lila. It's a good place to look for him. <laughs> to look for him there. Hmm. One of the last, the last verse he cited, it wasn't from, the, I know this wasn't from the Bhagavatam, but it was a, it was a commentary on the last verse. Karanam gunasangasyo sarasadyoni janmasya. How you associate, so you'll become. It's speaking about material life, but it, it has corresponding um, relation to the spiritual life. As you associate, so you become. Karanam gunasangasya sarasadyoni janmasya. So if you think, what is he associated with? How to associate with him? Hmm. But that's uh, his day is coming, right? Coming in the Kartik here, his, his disappearance. But yes, he left in the middle of the end, really, of the uh, the Leela narrative before the prayers of Brahma and the Brahma Vimohan Leela. Mahari, you had a question? Um, yes, related to the Yeah, any questions related to the discourses? First, pertinent? Go ahead. Um, I was wondering how important it is for us to be saying Prabhu after someone's name because I heard on a lecture that you said um, that you were saying how someone who came in, when you came in the room, oh, yeah. they said you were already Prabhu and you were already a sannyasi, and um, then you said, oh, I'm sorry, it's Prabhu Maharaj, and then I guess Guru Kripa Maharaj said, oh, pointed out that Bhaktisiddhanta wanted all of his disciples to say Prabhu after the name, and so I was just wondering what you would like. What, I know Prabhupada likes us to say it, and I was just wondering what you thought. Yeah, that story is almost right, but I came in to see Guru Kripa, and I, and I said, Haribo Prabhu, and then I said, oh, oh, I'm sorry. He said, don't be sorry, because I didn't call him Maharaj. I wasn't a sannyasi at the time. One of the first few days when I met him, he said, Prabhu is a very high name. Hmm? It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, Prabhupada uh, also uh, spoke about that uh, um, as a kind of a, of a culture, hmm? right? To think of others as someone you can learn from. So that's the essence of it, whether you do it formally or not, uh, is one thing. but if it can be helpful, and there's an argument that it can, if you're calling everybody Prabhu, but then it can become artificial also. Uh, oh, oh Prabhu, and you know, it, so it can break down. It's a nice idea. You refer to everyone as Master, and then the implication is that, that you should Think like that. I, the implication being, I have something to learn from everyone. Hmm? Even those who oppose me, I take their picture and put them on my altar. Oh, they have shown me so nicely how not to be. I worship them. Hmm? I'm so grateful to them. That is something that kind of comes up in the next verse. Tatenu kampam susamikshamana. The famous verse. Um, um, so, it's a very good idea, 
But when it breaks down and it just becomes a word, a term, and it's not having that effect, then it becomes uh, unbecoming. You're calling me Prabhu and, you know, hmm? Yeah, your servant, um, you know, yeah, right. Um, so you don't want you don't want these things to become cliches, and so I think that happens sometimes. And so there may be cause not to do it, and there may be cause to do it. The cause to do it if it can have the right uh, effect that it's meant to. But um, you know, that's my answer, <laughs> Prabhu. <laughs> Yeah, there was a whole thing, right? They came up with the camp called Women Prabhu because it's masculine or something like that. Mother is always right. Mother is right. Mother knows best, right? Mother knows best. Whatever, yeah. It's hard, you know, to, for uh, Chittahari of we must be approaching 50 years old to refer to Sevamrita Dasi as mother. Hello, Mother Sevamrita. Or whomever, you know, who's like 19 or something, right? Or 20 years old. So, you know, it gets a little weird, you know, in that sense. Um, so again, you know, you have to understand the meaning behind the purpose. And, and when that's not there, then it just becomes this kind of odd, you know, terms and form to things and rules. You have to ever call everyone Prabhu, I don't know why, or what it means, or, or you know, every woman is Madhaji, and, you know, if you don't, you'll turn into a pumpkin or something, you know. But you don't treat her like a, like a mother or someone you could learn from, or a, a, a venerable, um, you know, person in your life. So, what else? Gaur and the Jagadishwar, I think that's the term. And, um, Pranishwar, Mahaprabhu, yeah. And what's the other one? Jagadishwar. Jagadishwar means the Paramatma. So you talk about there the, so we can pray to them if we're not in Ruchi. Uh huh. So yeah, yeah. Like, like, well, what if the deities are Gaur Radha Madhava? Do you only pray to Gaur, not Radha Madhava? Well, you, know, you pray to Radha Madhava through Gaur. <laughs> First to Gaur, then to Radha Madhava. It's not a fixed rule uh, like that. And, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha Madhava. That's the meaning here. Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Radha Krishna Nahayanya, Rupanuga Janera Jivan. There's a life of the Rupanugas, followers of Rupa Goswami, that Sri Krishna Chaitanya is Radha and Krishna combined. So this is what this configuration of the deities means. That's the import. Hmm. So, well, we've approached. If we approach Krishna through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is this is a Gaudi Vaishnavism. Then we get a, we get access to them in ways that, uh, that otherwise you would you would not. So, it's not that we can't pray to Krishna. Hmm? As much as Krishna is the deity of your heart, then you you pray to him. He can hear your prayers. He's omniscient. Uh, 
He's my point there in the Sikshastam commentaries is omniscient, which is the point that is raised in Madhurya Kandamani by Vishwana uh, Chakrabhi Thakur, therefore how can he hear your prayers? And so someone may think, well, let me pray to the Paramatma, the Jagadishwar, because he'll hear my prayers. And he says, no, you have to pray to the deity who you actually want to attain. And although he's omniscient, he's also um, uh, yeah, Mugda, bewildered, <laughs> which is a problem, <laughs> too. This is kind of the problem I brought up. So, if, Well, he, he's bewildered by, in other words, thinking of himself as he is to be the son of Yashoda, the, the lover of Radha, and uh, how, he's absorbed in that, so how can he hear our prayers? He's he's worried about, is Radha going to let me you know, see her today? He needs counseling and, and help uh, mentally and physically you know, to uh, to get through the day and uh, accomplish his, his objective. Hmm? And, um, uh, you know, he's a wreck on an ongoing basis, practically speaking. So we're going to pray to him. He's like, I've time to say, well, Krishna, please help me. Well, I need help. <laughs> so, so, but he's omniscient at the same time. And that's the point that's brought out here in this Leela. And so this does not, this omniscience goes away but it, it almost does. Mm-hmm. But it can be brought to the surface by the prayers of the Raghunuga Bhaktas, mm-hmm. who, in the full sense of the term, are advanced uh, sadhakas, and so they're sharanagatas. If you're going to be a Raghunuga, you should be a sadhaka, a, a, a excuse me, a sharanagata, right? This is the point I raise. In sharanagati, then. The, the Paramatma turns into the deity in your heart. Hmm? So, you can pray to Krishna. It's okay. And Piyasharanagata, Ragbhakta. Those kind of, and this is the point I made. If, 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 but kind of, yes, Krishna hears the prayers of the Sharanagatas. Okay, so. This is an emphasis in my commentary. Be a Sharanagata. You expect your prayers to be heard. Hmm? You say, Oh, Guru Marsh, how can I serve you? And I'm thinking, <laughs> If I tell you something, you know, you won't be able to do it. Hmm? You've got so many, uh, you can't hardly make it to the program, you know, uh, waiting a whole year for it to happen, you know, so. So, therefore, the, the, what, therefore, what you are busy with as very pressing, for example, to support your family and take some funds from that and send it to the mission. Hmm? Send it to our accountant and banker, Dulal Chandra here, who's, who will never, ever, ever misspend a penny, not a penny. The thought would never even enter. It has no, no room to enter his mind. Very trustworthy person. In that regard, hmm. um, so and I've done it. You know, I, I mean, this is not always the case, but you know, I give some service, and then I couldn't do it. It's not a bad thing. I mean, it's just the reality often, and that that doesn't really correspond with with what what I what I said. They are servants, but hmm, but but some people may say, you know, oh, 
at your service, and they're you know they're not, and and not even don't even like you, and they write you a letter and say, "You're servant, you know, I think you're this, this, and this, and this." Yeah, <laughs> please accept my humble basis. You're terrible. You're servant. So and so does. Those those are the, okay. And, and okay. Anyway, <laughs> we've got our own. We're not like that. All of our servants are good servants, depending on the context of their situation. If they ask and I serve, then their heart's in the right place, right? So you've already done it. You've already done it. And still send Dula something <laughs> so that he can do some service. <laughs> I shouldn't spend it <laughs> for Krishna. What else? Any other question? What's the time? Good that you're here tonight. Okay, we'll stop there. Shishi Gorada Madhava Kijaya. Uri Vaishnava Guru Prampara Kijaya. Uri Bhakta Vrinda Kijaya. Uri Bhakta Vrinda Kijaya.